Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming to church twice in one day. It's not going to kill you, I promise. And uh, it really is my honor to serve this house, to uh, partner in relationship with Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie. I know that, uh, you know, the California kid and the, Mich- the Michigan uh, Dutchman uh, probably are unlikely pair to be in relationship for 26 years But I want you to know that our relationship is stronger than our ministry. Um, My connection to this family uh, supersedes uh, my occupying of pastor's pulpit. There have been many occasions where I've come and haven't had the opportunity to preach. uh, Just to hang if I'm in the area And I know that uh, you guys don't see the behind the scenes, but um, I appreciate your pastor. I appreciate uh, Jeannie and this family that have set aside their lives to put a demand on the destiny and to serve the purposes of God in your life. I'm always better after being with them. Amen. Uh, which isn't a big stretch because I can always be better, uh, as is you're witnessing right now. But um, I am so uh, thankful that uh, for decades this family has served God's purpose in this region, has planted churches, supported missionaries, and drawn a big enough circle to include a wild man from California, a man, somebody who falls off cliffs for fun. So uh, how many of you appreciate Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie for real? Thank you, Pastor. Um, you know, we've, we've never had a disagreement in 26 years. One time I made a joke about Daniil, and he sent me an email and said, look, uh, your humor doesn't work in my culture, so stop it. But that was the only time, amen? And, then, and he wasn't even right about it. But anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to uh, just step off into something tonight. I don't know how far I'm gonna get with this, um, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit uh, whispered to me uh, for this evening that there would be the power. Remember, uh, I think it's in Mark chapter two or somewhere in there where it says, and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healings. So the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healings. So I felt like, or I sensed that the Lord told me that the power of the Lord would be present tonight to break chains. So, so I want to talk to you about your entanglements. And I want to try to bring some biblical clarity to those entanglements and uh, maybe bring some encouragement to our lives. And, uh, and then I want us to just trust God with the configuration of our situation. 
because so many times we feel like we're responsible to get ourselves out of what we were responsible for getting ourselves into. So how many of you know that you're awesome at getting into trouble and horrible at getting out of trouble? Can I get an amen? Especially this side over here. Come on, somebody. So, so it's, it's vital that we understand that we are not made by God to get ourselves out of stuff. Otherwise, it would not be necessary for God to be a deliverer. It would not be necessary for God to be a chain breaker if we could break our own chains. I mean, no, we can get ourselves chained up, but we can't get ourselves unchained. So, and so when we are accessing the person that made the mess to clean up the mess, I mean, know that the mess never changes. It just is uh, elongate. It just continues in our life. So we need divine intervention by the supernatural power of God to come and go get right in between us and what's, and what's get, stopping us from taking territory in our life. So I'm believing that tonight we're gonna go, we're gonna get free to go where we've never gone so we can do what we've never done, so we can have what we've never had, so, what we, so we can see what we've never seen before and that we can get on. I think at this season of my ministry, I don't, I'm not interested in you dreaming a dream. I'm interested in you living a dream. Amen, somebody. Uh, I, I, I want you to have a dream, but I don't, I don't want you to dream it. I want you to live it. So let's live our dreams, not dream our dreams. Amen, somebody? And don't be afraid to say amen to me tonight. Just pretend like you're a black church in Detroit or something right now and and just be like, help him, Lord. Use him, Lord Jesus. Like, do something. It's Sunday night, for God's sake. Amen, amen. So, I mean, I don't care if you run and wave a hanky and and some grandma said, help him, Lord, just help him, help him, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm just giving some people some permission here. It's going to get ugly up in here. I can feel it already. Uh, Okay, so when you understand that chains cannot be broken by anything or anybody except the good shepherd... And where you are chained is not in your physicality and not in your spirituality, but in your soulical arena. So you don't get chained in your body. Like you ain't got no chains on you. You don't have any chains on your spirit. But where do we get chained up? Where do we get in our soul? In the way we think, in the way we feel in the want to of our lives. We're like, there's no physical chains holding us back and there's no spiritual chains holding us back. It's all in our soul. And so the restorer of our soul, let me say it like this, the evidence of an unrestored soul is that you are chained to your entanglements that you cannot get rid of. It's like in every relationship, you bring the last relationship. So like next thing you know, the new guy you're dating has got to deal with what the, uh, with the last guy you're dating and him too. 
So it's like, can I just, can I just have my relationship with you based on my relationship with you instead of my relationship with you is based on every failed relationship you've ever had? Well, you're chained and you keep dragging those outhouses into every situation in your life. Just because you had one failed business doesn't mean you're going to have a bunch of failed businesses. Just because you had one failed marriage doesn't mean you're doomed for life that I'm never going to have a successful marriage the next time. Just because it didn't work out at the last place doesn't mean it ain't going to work out at this place unless you're chained to it in your soul and then you bring that with you and then that's all you want to talk about is what they did to you or what you did to yourself when God wants to cut that off and catapult you into something awesome for your life. Amen? So we've got to understand that it's the good shepherd that restores our soul. He's the one that goes in and does spiritual surgery to remove our entanglements that are, that are generally the result of just living life. God wouldn't need to be a deliverer if there wasn't nothing to deliver us from on planet Earth. We have a fallen, broken, toe up from the flow up, need a check up from the neck up system on this Earth. And so whenever we're living on navigating and negotiating through a system that finds its way into our soul and we don't know how to get the shepherd and submit to him where the Bible says they were distressed and downcast because they were sheep all right, but they were sheep that were shepherdless. And shepherdless sheep have chains that have stopped them from living out the potential of their destiny and the dream that God has deposited in them. Amen, somebody? So why don't we just get free tonight? And, and, and listen, can we get free and stay free? Can we get up and stay up and tell the devil to shut up, amen, and come to church and show up and blow up and grow up, and I'm just going to move on to something else before I rhyme myself into the ground. Okay, so <laughs> God restores our soul, and pain and disappointment from our past lodges itself in our soul and chains us to, a, in, in, to an event in our past that we have to get free from. Amen, somebody? I mean, do you want to just get free? Like, finally, just be free. Every time you, 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 you got to take off those old filters and put on those new glasses that are clear and stop blaming yourself and stop kicking yourself Amen? Is this making sense to you? Stop going, going backwards in your life. There's nothing but despair and disaster and regret. And why are you regurgitating your regret? Why do you have a U-Haul connected to your life with an outhouse and it sloshing around? And every time you pull in, people are like, what's up with that girl? I can smell something funny up in here. Just unhook it and give it to the devil and get on with your life. Amen, somebody? You got good things in your future. I wish I was you right now. All right, let me go on with this. So in Acts chapter eight, let me just give a quick principle and then I'm gonna get into this and then hopefully we'll be able to pray for a few people. So in Acts chapter eight, verses one and following, I don't know if we have it up on the screen, but let me just read it to you. So uh, Saul of Tarsus, who later becomes the apostle Paul, he was in hearty agreement in persecuting the church and putting God's people to death. And it says, and on that day, 
There was this great persecution and it began against the church in Jerusalem. Everybody say persecution in Jerusalem. Okay, this is important. So here Saul uh, is persecuting the church in Jerusalem. Very important point. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen, who was martyred as a result of uh, Saul holding the coats and putting a hit out on Stephen. And they made loud uh, lamentation over him. They were crying about Stephen's death. Now look at verse three. But Saul began ravaging the church. He would enter from house to house, He would drag off the men and the women and he'd throw them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered about went about preaching God's word. What? And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he began preaching Jesus to them and the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was being said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing for in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with loud voices, many who had been paralyzed and were lame, they were healed and so there was much rejoicing in the city. Interesting beginning to the Christian church. How did God get them unchained from Jerusalem? He sent trouble. He sent difficulty. God allowed a man who didn't know everything he needed to know about himself because he later became Paul, the apostle. So Saul of Tarsus was operating in half of what he knew about himself. He didn't know the other half. He didn't know about what was about to happen to him on a road toward uh, Damascus, Syria, when he got arrested by the Holy Spirit, flying on the wings of the prayers of the, of the Christians in, in that region, and they went and arrested him. He didn't know that about himself, and the church didn't know how much power they had, so they allowed themselves to be scattered. So here we have a situation, let me just break this down to you, that the church had not come into full awareness of who they really were, and they were being persecuted by a man who had not come into full awareness of who he really was. And therefore, because of the persecution, because of the difficulties, they got scattered, and Philip ends up in this city called Samaria. And when people saw what he did and heard what he said, great joy came into the city. Broken hearts, lame people in their emotions, people with soul trouble got healed. Listen, you are not chained to your name. You are not chained to your upbringing. You are not chained to your pedigree. You are chained to his name. You are chained to the name of the great shepherd who has a faculty in his disposition that goes after everything that's entangled in your soul and sets you free. And sometimes you don't even have awareness that it's there until the trouble comes. 
Hmm, let me keep going. Y'all all right? <sighs> so we're chained to the name of Jesus. We are locked in to who God says that we are and who Jesus purchased for us to become. Now, I said a little bit about this this morning in one of the services, I don't remember, but let me just uh, review a couple things. When, when God looked at the son, his son on that cross, he did not see the son, he saw our sin. And when God reacted to what he saw, he forsook what he saw. That's why Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? Because God forsook what he saw when he looked at his son. The reason why Jesus felt forsaken is because he was covered up with you and me. So that we could be covered up with him. So that the life that we now live, we live the life that we live by living the son of God through our lives. He gave himself for us. And this is why when we go to the father, we don't need to use our name because he can't see you. You're dead and your life is hidden with God in Christ. God doesn't see you when he comes to the Father. He sees Jesus and what Jesus has done for you when he comes to the Father. Why? Because you're covered in his name. He got you covered. Hmm. You're dead and he's alive in you. That's why we can come boldly as beloved children because we are covered by the beloved child. Amen? It is in him that we live and that we move and that we have our being. And when we don't know what to do, this is what happens. We hang around what we know. When we don't know what to do, we hang around with what we know. And listen, this is why we get chained. Because what, in, what is in front of us has less power than what's behind us. I had this Dalmatian dog when the kids were younger I'm not really a dog person now. Uh, we're empty nesting and I don't need no help. I just want to just, when I come home, I don't want no dog food. I don't want to clean up nothing in the backyard. I don't want nothing but the big piece of chicken and sports center. Come on, somebody. That's how I want to live my life. Okay, so, but we had this dog when the kids were young. His name was Remington. He was a Dalmatian. We bought him from a fireman. This dog was strong. This dog can run. This dog had an attitude. And I remember we, I said, I got to chain this dog up, man. He tearing everything up. He just is high energy, high strung dog. So I put him on a chain. Don't you know that that dog saw a rabbit? How many of you know that the chain was not stronger than what he wanted in front of him? He wanted that rabbit more than the power of that chain. Come on, somebody. How many know that you can break your chains when what's in front of you is stronger than what's holding you down? Amen, somebody. When you see what's in front of you as more powerful than what's behind you. I know you were raised the way you were raised. I know you struggle with what you struggle with. I know you went through what you went through, but if you can see the power of your destiny and of your purchased purpose, if you can get a hold of what God got a hold of you to get a hold of, then it don't matter how you were raised because what's in front of you has way more power than what's trying to hold you down. Amen, somebody? We got to break some chains up in here. Whew. So 
Being a Christ follower is not a monument. It's a movement. See, when, again, when, when we don't know what to do, we hang around what we know. When we hang out with what we know too long, the Lord himself has to start arranging things to get us to move. And sometimes God will, uh, he won't send, but he'll bend the trouble to get you to move from where the chain has stopped you and limited you. Sometimes, sometimes the persecution will give you a new destination and a new way of living your life. When you go through trouble, sometimes that awakens you to who you actually are and the power that you actually possess. So because otherwise they would have never got out of Jerusalem. Philip would have never gone to Samaria. He would have never got people healed and set free and delivered. If he was just hanging out in Jerusalem with the disciples and everybody else, God had to allow persecution to scatter them. But his word kept going forth regardless of what they were chained to in their traditional city. Mm-mm-mm. Doesn't the book of Hebrews say that Jesus had to go outside of the city to be crucified? He had to get out of religious tradition. He, got to get, he had to get out of the status quo. He had to get out of what they knew. He went outside of the city because what he was doing wouldn't fit the religious rigidity of the city. Even the crucifixion had to go outside of religion. He had to just go on outside. So, hey, listen, we got to get outside of where we've been living, man. Because where you've been living is where the chains are. Where you've been living is where the limitations are. Where you've been living is where the excuses are, where the alibis are, where the memories are, where the difficulty is, where the toxic relationships lie. Listen, some of us got to get up on out of the city that we're living in right now because that city has got you chained to the level you're living right now. And you know there's so much more on the inside than what you're experiencing. Man, my dad, all my father ever said to me, and don't feel sorry for me. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> I told, I, I was preaching somewhere and I said, you know, I was raised wrong. And everybody's like, and tell us something we don't know. We can tell by looking. We knew in the first five minutes of you preaching that this man was not raised correctly. <laughs> but afterwards, we... We're driving home, and Daniil, my wife, said, you got to stop telling people you were raised wrong. I said, why? She said, because you were raised perfect for the people God has entrusted your voice to. She said, you weren't raised wrong. You were raised perfect. All of that junk you had to work through. Your mom dying, the abandonment issues, your dad losing his mind, y'all not having any money, you knowing what food stamp is, government cheese is, government peanut butter is, you grew up with a plastic spoon instead of a silver spoon. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I, I was the second, I was the second oldest, so I had to take a bath after my brother in the same water with Tide. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you ever wash your hair with Tide, but that'll put some cloud in your shout right there, baby. Amen. That will put a burn where you don't want to talk about it. It's like, ah, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> and how 
is that possible that that's perfect for what God has called me to? Just like it's possible for whatever you went through, however you were raised. It isn't wrong, it's perfect. It's with the other people in mind that God has called you to reach. Amen? Don't be chained to it. Make the devil pay for it. Amen, somebody? That's a way to live your life. Woo! Okay, let me, let me, I'm almost done. So, being a Christ follower, it's not a monument. It's a movement. We need to be in, we need to put our foot down and say to folk, look, don't, don't look for me where I used to be because I'm on the move. Don't look for me uh, regurgitating and re-examining and, and inventing some new medication for my investigation. I, I'm not going to be that person. I've moved on from my pain. I've moved on from the way I was raised. I've moved on from that failed marriage. I've moved on from that molestation. I've moved on from that abortion. I've moved on from that discipline. I moved on from that hurt at the last church. I moved on from that failed relationship. I've moved on. I'm not taking it with me wherever. Don't look for me where I used to be. I'm not going to be there living who I used to be. I'm moving on to who God has called me to be. Amen. I'm not what I used to be and I ain't what I'm going to be, but I sure ain't living back there no more. Why? Because he's a chain breaker. Praise the Lord. See, fear will stop you from moving. Fear will make you a monument, not a movement. And let me just say this, precious people, most of our entanglements are indicators of where we stopped. When you stop is when you get entangled. You can't get entangled if you're moving and grooving, man. You can't get all bound up and caught up and, and limited if you keep moving with God. I'm not saying that you're going to have a whipped cream slide into strawberries and peaches, but I am saying that nothing is going to stop me. None of these things move me. I got to finish my course that God called me to with joy. And that's to proclaim the goodness of God and the gospel of grace. Amen. The apostle Paul said, I'm not letting any difficulty stop me. Are you going to let difficulty stop you? Are you going to get chained to your memories? Or are you going to catapult tonight into freedom? Because freed people, free people. Amen, somebody? Almost done. Oh my, I got to stop. <sighs> See, God has a way of shifting things to get us out of our comfort zone, pushing us away from what's familiar. The difficulty that Saul of Tarsus was causing was creating a fresh direction that God wanted. It's not only about the doors that God opens for you, it's about the doors that God closes for you. Jerusalem was way too familiar to the early church. That's why Jesus had to be crucified outside the city. Like I told you, he was defying the religious order of the day. Jesus was out of the box. He broke the rules. He was out of religious order to show people who he was. Sometimes troubled times shift us from glory to glory. From strength to strength. Paul told the Romans, glorify your, give God glory in tribulation. Why? Because it's shifting us to bring God more glory. Pack your bags. 
You're coming out of your comfort zone. I need that girl on the piano with all due respect. Come on, girl. Make your way. Amen. We got to flee our comfort zones and find our destiny. When, when Philip went down to Samaria, uh, God took what was working against him and turned it around and it started working for him. He started preaching in a city he would have never gone to. See, next level is leaving the lesser for the greater, leaving the former for the latter. Sometimes God will use the tough times in our life to lead us into things that he has unfinished business in our lives about. God's not done with you, but sometimes he'll use difficulty to get you to where you'll be awakened enough to the fact that God wants to empower you to be what you've never been. Listen, there might be things in your life that your family has had in that bloodline for generation. And you're here today saying, I'm breaking the chain. The reason why Jesus saved me was to break all them stupid chains that every age has had for generations. And I decided that I was gonna pass my chains back to the cross so I didn't pass them on to my kids. Somebody had to stop the madness. And maybe, just maybe, God wants to set you free, not just so you can be free but that someone in your future needs the roadmap to freedom themselves. America is in a tough spot. America has got soul trouble. Move this table, please. Thank you. America has been stuck for too long. And maybe, just maybe, the trouble is so that the church can rise up with the freedom. Maybe, just maybe, America is going to get sick of what she's chained to. And that they will recognize the freedom of God's people. And we'll stop fighting over the soul of America and we'll start fighting for the soul of America. Amen, somebody? And I believe that God is calling us right here and right now to be a people that carry freedom once and for all, wherever we go. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.